Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. There is a consistency with God, meaning God never changes. Why doesn't He change? Because He is perfect in every way. And that which is perfect endures. Not only is there a consistency with God, but there is a permanency with God. God is forever. We all know the verse of Scripture from Hebrews where it says concerning Yeshua that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This speaks about His permanency. It speaks about His perfection. It speaks about how He is the same. No need for change. But this cannot be said about you and me. Left to ourselves, we are hopeless. It is only when we take a hold of the truth of God, and I can say that differently, it is only when we take hold of the Word of God into our life, both the written Word and the living Word, Messiah Himself, the Word that became flesh. It's only when we receive Him, then and only then, Are we going to be changed, transformed, and ultimately, at the time of the rapture, we are going to enter into as well perfection, that we will never change. Now, there will be a difference. We will never be divine, but we will be eternal. In fact, the moment that you accept redemption through that gospel, you become an eternal being. And God begins to work and change us, sanctify us, in order that this holy aspect that he represents, that he has also through his spirit, also we begin to demonstrate. And holiness, as I've said so many times, holiness is related to the purposes of God. So really the challenge of a believer is to bring his life and everything that his life consists of under the authority of God, whereby he does the purposes of God, and thereby he reflects God's nature, fulfilling why he was created and why he has been redeemed. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 119. We're now ready for our 12th installment, and this is the letter Lamed, the 12th letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and we know that, that each letter has eight verses, and each verse begins with that same letter. Whatever letter the section represents, that letter appears at the beginning of each verse. So let's start. Psalm 119, beginning with verse 89, where we read, Forever, O Lord, your word has stood in the heavens. 
Now, there is an eternal aspect to the Word of God. Why? The Word of God, and I'm speaking about Scripture, but we find that the Word of God emits from the presence of God, from the mouth of God, from the thoughts of God. And therefore, we see here that forever, that word forever, is a kingdom word. It can also be translated eternal, eternity. So for eternity, your word, O Lord, has stood in the heavens. Now, the word of God represents the will of God, represents the purposes of God, represents the righteousness of God. And what we find here initially is that word forever for eternity has been in the heavens. But what's going to happen? Well, as we're taught in the book of Revelation, that throne in the kingdom of God up above in the heavens is going to be moved and relocated to Jerusalem during the millennial kingdom. And that same order which reflects the glory of God, is going to fill this earth for a thousand years. As this earth is going to be administered according to the word of God in order to bring about the perfection of God, the glory of God, the righteousness of God, and the order of God into this world. Now, that's what we're called to do, and through the Holy Spirit, we can participate in this becoming the kingdom, kingdom character Little by little, in every aspect of our life and what we touch and what we get involved in, we're supposed to have a kingdom influence in this world and to bring other people and other things under the authority of God, a kingdom authority. That's what our task is. That's what we've been called and redeemed to do, to be kingdom servants, servants of God, servants of Messiah, but for the purposes of the kingdom. Move on now to verse 90 where it says, To generation and generation is your faithfulness. Now, this is a word referring to the faithfulness of God. God is always faithful. But what we see here as we put these verses together, we see that it's through the word of God, receiving it, applying it to our life, It is only through the word of God that we can experience the faithfulness of God. And when I say the faithfulness of God, I'm talking about God's purpose to bless, God's purpose to to provide, God's purpose to assist. All of those are outcome of obedience to his word. Now, God is forever faithful. And when we violate his word, God is still faithful. But instead of being blessed, instead of being assisted, instead of being provided for, what's going to happen? Quite the contrary. God is going to be faithful to judge, to punish, to discipline, to work correction in our life. Meaning, discipline us so that we repent and we begin to reflect His purposes. So we see here, look again at verse 90. To generation and generation is your faithfulness. For you have established, and this next word, Eretz, is a word for for land or a country, or in this case, it's probably referring to olam, meaning the world. So you have established 
the world, and it has stood. Now, this word, to stand, relates to worship and relates to service. In fact, in Hebrew, that word for worship and work or service is one and same, the word avodah. And this word for standing, for example, one of the most important prayers in Judaism is called the standing prayer, the amidah. And we stand because there's a call upon our life. So rising up is to fulfill the work of God, the purposes of God. And what God is promising here in the last part is this. God's going to be faithful, and he is going to bring this world into a a condition that is going to be eternal. He is going to establish his creation to be the eternal kingdom of God. And what is going to bring that about? We'll move on to verse 91. What does he begin with? For your judgments has stood today. Meaning this, what God rules, what God decides, it stands even today. We can see the order of God in this world. We can see the fact that God created things with a purpose. Things did not just happen haphazardly, but according to the instructions of God. We can see that even today, for, notice this, for everything or everyone is your servants. So all are your servants, meaning this, God ultimately will bring all of his creation, both human beings, both the animal world, everything, and creation itself will bring everything into his purpose. All is going to be used for his glory. We all know the verse where it speaks about the heavens declaring the glory of God. Also, the earth is going to do that same thing, this transformation that's going to happen to creation. And what is this transformation of of creation called? The establishment of the kingdom of God. And it is going to come based upon God's word. He's going to speak his kingdom into power. So again, for your judgments has stood today. For all are your servants. And that word all can mean all humanity, all all creation. What it's meaning is this. Everyone ultimately is going to reflect the will of God. You say that's a good thing. It is, but you need to understand it properly. When I say everyone's going to reflect the will of God, God's will for that person. For some, that is to be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity because God rejects them. God, God, God casts them away from his presence because of their lack of faithfulness, their lack of accepting the gospel, their unwillingness to do and respond to the truth of God. So, so everyone's going to be used by you, some for a glorious purpose, but as Paul teaches, some as as the recipients of God's eternal wrath. Move on to verse 92. It begins with a unique Hebrew word, which uh, has to do with a situation that uh, uh, oftentimes is a situation that's based upon desire, a, a wish, something along those lines. 
And what he's saying here is this. If it hadn't been for your law, and this is the word here, Torah If it hadn't been for your law that I delight in. So if it's only because of your law that I delight in, if it was not for that, then I would have perished in my affliction. Now, notice, I don't think that most people today, most believers, and this is said, think of the law as a good thing. He says, we could translate it this way. It was only because of your law that it was my delight that I did not perish in my affliction. It was the law of God that reveals the purposes of God. And here's something else. The law of God reveals the character of God. And he's saying it's because your law, your commandments, teach me about your character, your nature, how you are. This has caused me to endure and not give in, not to to fall down permanently, but to endure. Look now to verse 93. Forever, I will not forget your commands. Now, this is a different word. It's not the word mitzvot, but it's a word pikud. Pikud is an order. I've mentioned this before, usually a, a oral order that someone speaks. And he says, leolam, we could think of this as never. For I will never forget your orders, your commands, because in them, in them, you give me life or you sustain me. So think of that. And I think this really should bring a paradigm change to our mind, meaning this. It is through what God commands us to do that we find life that we find God's sustenance, His provision for us to live. Not in what we want, not in what we conceive, not in what we name, not in what we declare, but simply in what God commands us to do. Verse 94. To you, I am. Now, this is a word that refers to commitment. What the author is saying is, to you and it just doesn't mean, just doesn't mean some of his life, but it means all, his very essence. So he says here, to you, meaning to you, O God, that's the implication. I, I am. I am bringing all that I am unto you. I want to be in your presence. I want to be under your authority. I want to be part of your purposes. Participate in them. So he says, to you am I. And then he can say, save me and again he says for your commands and it's that same word that speaks of an oral command he says because your commands in the plural i have desired now this word for desired is a word for seeking something pursuing something with great intensity so he is saying here god it's your oral instructions like a commanding officer in the military tells a private what to do, he says, I desire that. That's what I want. I want to hear your voice instructing me, commanding me, ordering me 
on what I should do. Because it's only when we are in a submissive behavior before God, that's when God's going to go to work in our life. So if you're not wanting to submit to God, to recognize his authority over your life, if you're not interested in that, then what you're saying is, God, I'm not interested in you working, assisting me, helping me, changing me, inspiring me, enlightening me of anything. I just want to be left to myself. And God will do that. That is a horrible situation to be in, to be rejected and to be ignored by God. We don't want that. We want God to be watching over us. And how do we ensure that? Well, first and foremost, by entering into a new covenant relationship with God through that gospel, through Messiah, Yeshua, what he did upon that cross, the shedding of his blood, in order that we can experience salvation, God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. And then becoming that new creation in Messiah, as Paul says, we now have the ability to serve him. How? Being led by the Spirit of God. So I become a new creation in Messiah through faith in that gospel. He sends me his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, this work of sanctification, this work of transformation, becoming that new man doing the will of God becomes my new identity. What does does Paul say to us in Romans chapter 6? That we are now able to serve God in a new way in the newness, in the newness that the Spirit brings. That's what we're called to do. So he says here, look at the end of verse verse 94 where he says, for your orders, your commands, I have desired, I have sought out. Now verse 95 where he says, wicked ones, they, they hoped, in me, meaning this. Wicked ones, what they desired, what they were pursuing was him. He was an object of attack for the wicked ones. Now, this word for wicked means those who live contrary to the instructions, the commandments, the orders of God. Don't be wicked. Be someone who embraces God's revelation. And as we began, his revelation is best found in his word. So don't behave wickedly where you are are persecuting those who are in submissiveness to God. He says, to me, the wicked ones have hoped, meaning that they have pursued. For what? To cause me to perish. So they wanted to put the author of this psalm to death. But what does he say? He doesn't focus in on the wicked ones, what they're doing, their attacks. Don't get your mind off what you should. What should you be thinking about? Well, notice it says here, Edotecha et bonen. Now, et bonen means I will, and this word, lehit bonen, means to pay great attention to something. It's a word to to concentrate on something, giving all your attention. And what is he giving his attention to? Well, not just the word of God, the commandments of God. He uses a different word. and, And everything that appears in the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit for a reason. We see this word 
testimonies. Now, this is, yes, it is what God has testified us to do, but we can also understand it in a different way. And that is what God has done. His behavior, his testimony, his witness. And it says here, look at it. I am going to pay close attention. I'm going to scrutinize your testimony, meaning what you do, how you respond to this situation. There are wicked ones pursuing him, but he says, I'm going to pay attention to what you're up to, God. And what can this one expect? Well, very simply, we can expect God's faithfulness. We can expect God to behave according to his truth according to his promises, what he said that he's going to do because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there is a consistency with God that leads us to expect God to act in his people's behalf because God is always, always, always faithful to his covenant obligations. Well, let's look at our last verse, verse 96, where it says, to all, and then we have the word, tikla. Now, this word, needed to do research on it because it's not a common word. And it is, if we look at the the modern Hebrew underneath the biblical Hebrew, we have the phrase devar niksaf. Now, niksaf is a, a verb that's in the passive that is derived from the same word for money. Now, we talk about money and use the term kesef or silver. All it is, this word silver, come and is based from a verb which means to desire, to yearn for something. And unfortunately, people yearn and desire money. But we're not talking about money here. It's talking about that which is desirable. For everything that is desirable, everything that is sought, everything that is wanted, he says, I have seen the end. It comes to an end. Now, we need to pause for a moment because this is very similar to what uh, King Solomon spoke of in the book of Kohelet, that is, in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon became, we could say, frustrated, both spiritually and physically and emotionally, every aspect of his being. Why? Because he was looking for something eternal, and he couldn't find it in this world. There's many desirable things, things that people want, people labor for, people even kill or die for. But all of that is temporary. All of that is material. It will come to, as he says here, look at it. For every desirable thing I have seen, the end. It comes to an end. But notice something else, broad. Now, we could use the term expansive going beyond its presumed borders or its ends or its boundaries. So what goes beyond? What continues? What is expansive? Well, he tells us here, once again, look at it. It says, your command. Your command is, is broad, expansive. And then it ends with the word meod, which means very, but realize something. This word for very is a kingdom word. So it says here, your command is very broad, very expansive. It goes beyond just this world, the boundaries of this world. Boundaries in in geographical sense, but also in a time sense. 
In other words, your commandment has something eternal connected to it, something that is expansive, something that endures. And what is that? Well, there's a connection between the commandments and the kingdom of God. But let's not get it wrong because I am not saying, and do not misunderstand this, I am certainly not saying that one is saved by the commandments. That would be heresy. It goes against the simple teachings of the New Testament and the Apostle Paul where he says, no flesh is justified by works of the law. We know that. We're not justified by the works of the law. We're justified by faith, but having received faith, it is going to cause us to do the works of God. And what the scripture is saying is this. In the same way that King Solomon, in chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes, when he's summarizing things, he says, you know, as we go through that book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon had everything. In fact, he says, nothing that I wanted did I withhold for myself. He had it all. He was wealthy, he was wise, he was powerful, and he had great possessions. And what did he say? All of this was what? Futile. All of it was leshav, meaning in vanity. And it did not satisfy. And what was his conclusion of, of, of everything, this wise man? Well, his conclusion was to keep the commandments of God. That word to keep, to mean treasure, guard. It is a word of value, a word of significance. So what he's saying here is this. It is in the instructions of God. Why? The instructions of God lead to his will, lead to his righteousness. Righteousness manifests God's glory. That's always a good thing because God's glory is inherently tied to his presence. So when we live righteously and we manifest God's glory, that is an invitation of the presence of God to come. That's why righteousness is so important, and that's why the Antichrist is called the man of lawlessness, because he doesn't want anything to do with God's presence. He does hates, he hates the glory of God, but we don't. So we submit to the instructions of God. That's why we are given the Holy Spirit. So that we can walk not according to the flesh, but, but walk in the Spirit. So that we fulfill the righteousness, that, those righteous standards of the law. So that we become instruments, vessels that, that serve God. And our service, our righteous service, brings about the manifestation of God's glory, which is accompanied with His presence. And not only with his presence, but his power. And not just his power, but his provision. And not just his provision, but we find with the glory of God being manifested, we see God's perspective. We understand his will. So good things come to those who are seeking, seeking the presence of God in their life. And God's presence comes about through faith, through the grace of God, through redemption. But all those things transform us into making us servants of God that will want to recognize his authority, submit to his word so that we demonstrate kingdom truth. This is what we're called to do. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom.
from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.